everybody, I wanted to share with you guys a recent call that we had with some of our Project U participants, where they asked a variety of questions on their current experiences in this spiritual journey. We went ahead and omitted the questions themselves to respect participants' privacy, but the answer answers are applicable enough to any life situation that they are worth hearing. We discuss how to show up and serve each moment, how to identify when your ego and preferences are getting in the way, and how to be open and listen to the clues of life it's trying to give you. Everyone's going to have different levels of things that happen in their lives. Sometimes it's going to be relatively okay. Sometimes it's going to feel like this. And when it feels like this, this is where you, I always go back to asking these fundamental questions. What is wrong with this moment? And the answer is 99% of time, nothing. And then you realize that you're bothering yourself about the moment. And that's what, we'll, that's what we're doing in almost every scenario. We end up bothering ourselves about some future moment, some future thing we need to do, some future commitment. And they're real commitments. I'm not denying that. But you're bothering yourself before you've been doing it. Then I always go back to the second fundamental question I always ask is, if it's not happening outside, it's not happening inside. So every time it starts to want to rattle me about something that could potentially happen or some issue that I have to deal with, at three o'clock on a Zoom call and you know you're gonna have to deal with it, it's not happening right now. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna bother it. And it's just logical, right? Like you want it, and this is, takes time, but like if you were to walk into our doctors and they say, look, we just tested you and it's gonna be 90 days before you find out whether or not you have cancer or not, right? Maybe 90 days. There's nothing we can do as fast as we can get that in there. You wanna be able to walk out of that doctor's office and not think about it again until you walk back in that doctor's office. Now, why? It's not because you wouldn't do it because there's two things. One, you're going to walk in there and the doctor is going to say, guess what? You don't have it. You're good. You're in the clear. And you're going to say, man, I'm so glad I didn't bother myself this entire last 90 days and beat myself up over this and be in stress and pressure for these last 90 days to even find this out. Now I feel so relieved and everything that's going on there, right? You're going to wish, I wish I never did that. Or you're going to walk in, they're going to say, yeah, you have cancer and you've got X many days to live or we have to start this treatment. And you're going to go, man, I wish I would have lived my life differently in the past 90 days so that I wouldn't have actually could have enjoyed this more. So I use the big example of this, but it's the same thing when we're going about our days. It can be, it's 11, it's one o'clock. At four o'clock, you may have a meeting that you're already stressed about. Again, the meeting, most of the times we do that, those meetings turn out fine, right? Don't they? They end up turning out nothing like we thought they did. And yet the entire three hours or day or two days prior to the meeting, we beat ourselves up about what could go wrong. Instead of there's difference to prepare for a meeting. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the mental suffering that's created that we put on ourselves for something that may or may not happen in the future. And again, if it does happen, it happens to be an issue. Well, great. At least you had three or four hours before you were fired or three or four hours before you were reprimanded. I don't know, but at least you, like, that's what we're doing. The problem is when, when people do this, you end up doing this every day. And so you never get out of it. That's why when we talk about suffering, it's not about these deeper level sufferings that sometimes you experience. I'm talking about this every day. There's a level of suffering that everyone has, even if you're really good. On your really good days, you're still a level of suffering. You know, it's like the little preferences. Like you walk from your office to your car and you're upset that it's too cold in your car and should have been heated up, right? That Let that go. That's a level of suffering, right? It's like we walk and all of a sudden, you know, we're missing our tea or our coffee or a certain water cup that's not there and you get bottled by it for 15 seconds. Like that is suffering. It's these little things that cause suffering in these bigger moments for all the things that we're doing. 
So the pro the way out, right? Like that's always the thing. It's like, well, what do I do? Is you always for me, right? It always goes to those two questions, which is what's wrong with this moment? Nothing. If you have the wherewithal to ask that question, the majority of the time there's nothing wrong. 99.9% of the time, there's nothing wrong with this moment. If you're really engaged in activity that causes you that you can't have that, you're not going to ask the question. And the second thing is, is if, if it's not happening outside, it's not happening inside right now. And that is fundamentally is how suffering starts is because it's not happening outside, but we're making it happen inside. It's the weirdest thing that we do. I mean, imagine going to another planet and going, hey, what's wrong with you guys? Well, nothing's really happening outside and it could happen. Most of the time it never does, but I'm going to really, I'm going to beat myself up and suffer about it mentally that I'm experiencing this just for what reason? I don't know. That's what everyone does, isn't it? It'd be the weirdest thing if we heard that. Be like, wow, that's a weird species. And we are. We're a really weird species. We're the only ones that can abstractly think. That's why we're homo sapiens and not an animal that just relies on instinct. But the ability to abstract think allows us to think about the issues that we don't like and then beat ourselves up by it. Hence, all of life is suffering. I mean, that's literally, the Buddha has done this for 2,000 years and was, was pretty good about it. He came back and said, look, I figured this all out. All life is suffering. And again, once you go deeper in this, because people always, they're like, well, I'm not really suffering. And I go, I know you're not suffering. I know what you believe is a definition of suffering. You're not. Then I always go back and say, well, let me just ask you a different question though. What if on your highest moment of the energy that you've ever felt, the highest moment that has rushed through you and you multiplied that by times 10, are you feeling that right now? And the answer is no. And you go, well, then there's a level of suffering that's happening within you. Because the energy that you feel when you make a lot of money, when you get married and have some event or something really goes well for you and you feel this rush of energy, that is the same energy that causes the same overwhelming feeling. It's the same energy. You're just expressing the energy differently. The same energy of anger is the same energy of the most the highest excitement that you can feel. It's the exact same current. If you put red food dye in the current, it's going to look red. If you make it yellow, it's going to look yellow. It's the same current though. So the same energy that you feel is the same exact energy. You're just expressing yourselves in different areas. And what we do with the energy is we just beat ourselves up by it. About, But it's the little things because everyone wants to go to these big things that bother us. And I get it. That's fine. But start smaller than that. You're walking to your car and mine goes, oh, I don't like the weather today. Why is it cloudy? How come my car's not on? Man, how come I couldn't find the jeans that I wanted to wear this morning? Why is it that the fact that my kids are up early and I really wanted my alone time? I mean, this is what it goes on in there. It's all these little things and you're going, that's a level of suffering. So it's never the event because you know what? If your kid was sick and they came up and they felt good, nothing would matter right there. So it's not that. It's you bothering yourself about the moment. So always remember that. That every one of us is, is it's what we're doing is the moments are happening and you're going through it and something doesn't happen the way you want it to, but you're so glued to it still that you don't see that you just cause the discomfort. It takes however long it takes for each individual person to go through it and realize, man, I was doing that. And then you think that is it. And it's like isolated over here until you peel back another layer and you go, man, I was doing that and I didn't see it. I didn't see that I was doing that. And then there's another layer that peels back and another layer, another layer, and you keep getting more and more separation. And finally, you realize 
man, it's just this whole thing is just weird. And I'm going to, I'm going to deal with my brother. I'm going to deal with my sister. I'm going to deal with my financial challenges. I'm going to deal with work. I'm going to look, life's going to throw us a whole series of things. It's just going to, it's never going to be the way you want it ever. And so just accept that. It's just, you get to participate for 80 years, 90 years, 60 years, and that's it. And you're out. So if you're dealing with it, this is why I always go back to it. If you're consciously deciding to be engaged in a work, to be engaged in a meeting or be engaged with a person or to help out or deal with these things, then you better deal with it with acceptance. Otherwise you have some level of suffering because all you're doing is in the moment you're dealing with this, beating yourself up about it. That makes sense. You hear that? But I want you to watch it with the smallest of things. It's like the little stuff that bothers you. That's what that, that is. And the thing is you're so glued to those things because you haven't identified that those are levels of suffering yet. What you've done is you're seeing the big things that we discuss, but it's a lot of these little things too. And it all comes down to, I've decided when I woke up in the morning, how life is going to be. I know that sounds big and you think about the big things, but you decided how, what time your alarm clock's going to go off. You decided like when you're going to show up and how everything needs to be for me to show up exactly at that time, how the food needs to be in the refrigerator, how this per employee needs to show up, how this person over here better be on time over here, right? There's a whole bunch of these different things. And it doesn't mean you don't deal with it. It doesn't mean you can't deal with it collectively. If you need to hold somebody accountable, you do. You're just always doing it from a place of clarity. And hopefully you can see the difference there of that level of clarity and how much we actually self-impose ourselves to suffering. There's a, one of my Yorkshire said one of the best things I've, I've said this before y'all, but an ignored guest quickly leaves. And basically what that means is the minute you stop paying attention to the mind you know, I'm just, we're working on the 200% life book right now. And we're almost, we're at 36,000 words right now. And one of the things that we're, we're going through a segment right now, which is what does true surrender mean? And true surrender, remember, surrender is not surrender to passivity or lack of action. Surrender is surrendering to the part of you that is not okay with whatever is happening in life. That's all you surrender to. And you see it so clearly at some point. Like you'll just, you'll, you, once you experience this, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It'll be like black and white. You'll see it and go, that's what you surrender to. It's just little ego, this little, little lower self, whatever you want to call it, the id. I don't know. Everyone has different names for it. That's fine. Doesn't matter. You call it the roommate. <laughs> Doesn't, it's just once you realize that's what you surrender to. And then once you surrender to that, then you're free to go about to live your life. And once, once that guest moves, once you start ignoring that, it realizes it can't grab you anymore because that's ultimately what it's doing. Remember, it just, I'm just going to refer to it as the ego, but the ego, remember the masquerading self, how it wants you, remember the ego wants you to see the, way, the world the way it wants it to you to see. I don't know if I ever said it that way before, but the ego wants you to see it a certain way. And that's what we end up doing. We end up seeing it a different way. We see it the way it wants to see it based on the data that it has, which then you could link to your likes and dislikes. He goes, well, Eric likes this and dislikes this. So therefore he should see it this way. 
It doesn't say it like that, but that's how it wants it to see it this certain way. The minute you stop it, when the move you move on to a new, and an, if you let go of a part of that, it then sh shapes it to another part and goes, well, then maybe you should renounce everything. And you go, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sell all my stuff. I'm going to get it out of there. That's the same energy. It doesn't care if you're successful, if you're poor, if you're in a house, if you're in a car, it doesn't care about any of that. The only thing it cares about that lower self is if that you're paying attention to it. So it will do whatever it can in every moment to get you to pay attention to it. It'll put you in a headlock and then let you know that I'm going to let you up and, and you're going to go, thank you for being such a good friend. You go, great, I am. And it just pays attention to it. It's going to grab your ankles and try to grab you around there. It just, it'll shape shift you. And people that have followed Adi Shanti, he goes in deep in this. And I think it's volume one of this, where he talks about his teacher basically said, be careful of the trap. And you'll find out that when you're in this process, you're going to go off in it for about three or four or five years, you're going to be trapped. And that's exactly what happened. He got caught and went around the world for four or five years and came back and realized, holy shit, everything she just said came true. And all that was, was the ego making a shape shift. It gets you goes, oh, if you just were to let go of all of that, you know what? And just, and then go over here, but that's my true calling. <laughs> that's what we start doing. Anything that comes from the mind is not your true calling. Just be clear on that. If it's a voice that's generated and it's telling you what to do, that voice of the mind is not your calling. It's not your passion. It's nothing. <laughs> I promise you it's just garbage because it can switch on what that is instantaneously. And this is why people have this trouble with decisions. People struggle with decisions so much because the mind can't decide. And the decision is, how am I going to feel in Costa Rica? How am I going to feel on this vacation? How am I going to feel over here? How am I going to fare on these pillow jeans? And it just, it changes constantly. So just be very careful down this path. Because once you think you've seen something, you instantly be sucked in blindly to a whole new angle that you're just unaware of. And you go, I'm already surrendering to all this over there. And you go, yeah, you did to that, but it just shape shift. It just became a chameleon on the other side over here. You can do this. So I have a wonderful relationship and you go, see, I'm going to go build this business. And like, it's like the business now is just, you go make a bunch of money, right? It's weird. It can even be in like my own, even my own life. There's been many times where these like, well, you don't have to do anything. You don't, financially, you could do nothing the rest of your life and you would be fine. Why are you going through all this? Why are you doing all these different things? And that's just a voice. It's just a conversation. And it's just trying, all it's trying to do is get you to pay attention to it. Because the conver the reason why I say it like that in my own personal life is because it's like, it knows it can't grab me on getting more money because that doesn't work for me anymore. It doesn't work for me anymore. So it just shapeshifted and it go, oh, since you have money, you don't need to do anything. You don't have to show up. You can just leave everything. That's how it just, I watched this entire process unfold. It's the weirdest thing. And it, all it is is trying to get me to do something different so I can pay attention to it. And I'm just not going to be bothered by that. I'm just going to show up and serve the moment until I'm no longer being asked to serve the moment. But this is how, this is how it'll grab you. And everything says, watch it carefully. It'll, it'll literally look like you've a whole new life is emerging. And it does. This is where spiritual ego comes from, right? This is where a lot of the spiritual bypass comes from that people use in these terms. It just will do everything it can to hold you to it.
if you watch it, you'll notice this. You'll notice that it's just a process that happens. So here's another thing that you can do that's more the tactical. This is what I always say. If there start, if if voices start saying up and sharing up and doing these different things, you need to go do this, you need to go get divorced, you need to go find a new partner. I don't know what it is. Just everyone's different for everybody, but they're all pretty much the same bullshit, right? I was like, okay, well, let me just look for some clues along the way, right? Let me just see what, what's happening out there. And you be really open to life. You just, that's what I mean. Just be very open to the clues. I always remind myself of that is, okay, maybe it said, you know, you need to go, you know, actually I'll give you a personal example if this helps. Most of you know that I live in Stowe, Vermont now. Four years ago when I first moved there, it was very, it was like, a, it was very clearly egoic that you need to move the stove. 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 Like it was all these different things. And I just watched it and watched it and watched it. Finally, about two and a half to three years into this, I started saying, you know what? Okay. This, this is staying for a while. It's, this is just, I'm just giving you my own, how I handled this situation. Maybe it'll help you. And I just said, okay, well, this is staying for a while. I don't want to make egoic decisions. I don't want to. So I'm like, really, I was struggling with the fact of like, anytime I put energy on, I'm like, well, of course my mind's going to say that. So I just was there. So then I say, well, I'm just going to not think about it. When every time it shows up, I'm just going to do mantra. I'm going to do whatever it is that I need to just so it goes away. And over time, the feeling got stronger and stronger. And then I said, okay, well, let's, let me look for some clues, right? Let me look for some clues. I came home that day, by the way, that I asked that question. And my son's like, I think we should move the stove. I go, okay, well, there's one, there's one. And then the next day, again, I just, I didn't do anything, right? I just said the next day, unbeknownst, Sarah's like, you know, I really don't like packing up and living in two different households. What would it look like if we lived in Stowe? This is all in the same week, by the way. And so then I'm like, okay, I didn't say anything to Sarah, I didn't say anything to my kids. I'm just watching and looking for clues. And then I don't know, maybe a couple days later, my kids are part of this summer camp and they're like, we went to the school today. And we got to walk through the school as part of this camp. And it's awesome. This would be such a fun school to be at. That was on a Friday afternoon. Monday, I enrolled my kids in scope. And by the way, two days later, I sold my house. Now, the house thing, everyone sells their house right now. So it's not a big deal. So let's just not check that up. But you get my point. It was the most expensive piece of real estate that sold not in the lake in our county. So there is that. However, I say that I shared that because it built up. And then I just asked for clues. And it just show it'll show up and you'll, I promise you, life will guide you in a different way. I didn't ask my kids about different things. It was all kind of unannounced in a very short period of time. If you remember the surrender experiment that Michael Singer wrote, do you remember when, um, uh, I think it's the surrender experiment, when he, when he took that bus tour to Mexico, you remember how he talks about the clues? Remember he was in the lunch, he was in the grocery store line and all of a sudden like a book dropped and it flipped over and it was the same city that somebody just told him to go to. And he was like, well, that's freaking weird. And then like three hours later, he was on the radio and somebody said they were from that city that he was supposed to go to. And he packed up the next day and went down to that city. Like, I mean, so again, like there are, I'm not saying you need to go out there and find blind clues, but there was a poll that was there. I'll give you another story of, of a spiritual being kind of listening to life this way, by the way. Eckhart Tolle, when he wrote the book, Power of Now, right? If you ever heard him tell the story, he was living in Europe and he had this deep pull for years to move to North America, the, the West coast of North America. And he said it got to the point that it got so strong 
that if he didn't move, oh, I'm sorry, the, they got so strong that he just, one day he just turned on and there was like an airline ticket for like that thing and he bought it. And it happened to be in BC, I think is where it was. And he went to BC. He said the minute he landed, this inspiration to write the book Power of Now came. And he literally sat down the next couple of days and wrote that book. And it just, and there's a few, I'm missing some details, but you get the point, right? He shares that story because people always ask like, how do you know what to do? And, and, and I think there's just powerful stories there. It's, but none of this is, let me go ask the mind what it thinks it does. Because the mind really doesn't know. It only knows based on the data that it is given. If you go give it some more data, just like you input a computer with more data, it's going to spit out a different answer. So that's how you use life as a way to guide you. Just ask for clues. Every time it shows up, oh, should I, should I go and hire this person, right? Or what are this, what are, should I, whatever the situation is, should I go do this merger? Should I go do this sort of thing? Just take action, go do the action, right? But just say, let me just look around. Let me get outside of me, right? And look around. What is happening? What is, because the problem is that there are always these clues here. We're just missing them. We're missing them because we're so caught up in our own head thinking we know the answer. And you ever notice this, by the way? It's only at the point where we get to the, to the issue where our minds and we know we can't solve it that we go to something higher. And this plane, 99.9% .9 of the problems you go to your mind to solve. At some point, if there's a health issue with your family, who do you go to? It's no longer going the mind anymore, is it? You go to something higher than you to solve it. You ever think about that? Whenever the problem gets so tough, we get outside ourselves, we go to whatever it is that you want to go to, you go to God, consciousness, whatever it is, you go to something beyond you and start asking for help. You let the part of you go that's searching for it. And then you see if it shows up. So it's not actually activated in the mind. So basically when I said, I'm just going to let it go, I surrender to the fact I'm not thinking about going to stuff. So you just, that, in that example, right? You just let, you literally just, it's like, you see a white line. I'm not thinking about a white line anymore, but if I see it show up over there, it's different. So you have to be willing in that process to really, if it shows up like, oh, you should move the stove, then you do go to mantra or go to or, or listen to the radio or do something that clears it out of there. So you stay as clear as possible. I'm sure there's part of that that happens, you know, anybody, you buy something, you see it show up everywhere. It's absolutely, if you want to focus on it, it'll try to expand there. I think the key to any of this is that the minute you decide to look for clues, you let that part go though and see if something shows up. And there's been plenty of times that I've done that and it hasn't showed up. Everything we've always discussed has pointed back to the root of what it is, which is you who's in there as a participant of life, paying attention to something other than life. Call it ego, call it id, call it the lower self. It's just you paying attention to it. And the way out of all of this is to ignore it, is to let it go, is to surrender to it. Remember, this is, we'll say this many, many, many times. You have to reiterate it for yourself. You're not surrendering to life. You're not surrendering to marriage. You're not surrendering to money. You're not surrendering to experiences. You're not surrendering to a boat or a car or a plane or a second house or giving all of your money away, right? You're not surrendering to that. You're surrendering to the part of you that doesn't like what is happening right in this moment. And that is what the definition of suffering is. 
That's it. It's as simple as that. And then everything else works to that degree because it takes years or lifetimes to truly understand that. And everyone's on a different path. Everyone can get there. Everyone has the same energy inside you. Here's the funniest thing is that like 99.999 carry the decimal place out there as long as you want of every human is the same. There's like 0.0000, whatever you want to say, percent that is different. And we all think we're different. But I'm talking about like your inner bodies, your cells, your heart, all that stuff. It's all the same. There's just some slight variations on the exterior <laughs> that are like so minimal when you actually think about it as a species <laughs> that it's so funny how we're so, we're, we're just the same. I mean, how many people look at a deer and go, ah, deer's way different, way different. I can't believe it's going to have that shape right there. You see the ear of that deer? I don't know how it walks around. <laughs> Again, that's because you have the preference for how you should be and how others should look, whatever. I don't know what it is. It goes on in there. You got that stuff going on in there. But we're all the same. We're so, we're way closer to being the same than we ever are apart. And yet we feel so different. That is because of you thinking that it's, this is about you. You thinking that this is about your life. Why flip the script on that? Why not think about this is like, this is a life. You have no idea how you got here. I don't care if you believe in God or not. God is irrelevant. Nobody knows how you actually are here. You're just here. <laughs> okay. Let's, we can agree on that. We're just here. You had, you had nothing to do with it. So you're here. Great. Now enjoy the experience of being here. Because no, no, it's not my experience the way I wanted it. And then there is the lies and there is the rub. Nothing wrong with goals. Nothing wrong with having things. Nothing wrong with any of that. And you all know the difference between a visceral feeling and a mind-generated thought. There's a whole different, when you get an aha, when you have an aha, a thought may occur afterwards, but isn't there an entire intense feeling that happens first? It's, it's way beyond a generational thought that happens in the left side of your mind. By the way, that's where they all come from. They're all left side. It's all, it'll, and if you, if you really want to know the difference in that in mind, sometimes I'll actually watch in there. It's like you're watching where, what side of the mind the actual thought is generated from. Because thought is generated from the, from the mind on the left side. So anyways, so you're right. You surrender, you let go, you accept. And by the way, it's like some people are going to like you. Some people are not going to like you. Who cares? <laughs> I, I say it like that is like, don't be sloppy. But like, I mean, like literally, like, I don't, I mean, if you don't care, you don't care. <laughs> you, be, they may be bothered that you're not bothered, but that's their life. I'm not bothered. Now, I'm not bothered if somebody you want a spot where somebody can walk up to you and give you the biggest hug in the world and you're just feeling wonderful. And somebody comes up to you and tells you how shitty you are and you feel wonderful. I'm not saying you should feel wonderful. The fact that they're saying that I'm just saying that your internal state is giving you the energy that you need. It's not like you go look for it, but if it comes unannounced and it shows up, Wow, that was exciting. Somebody's yelling in my face. I'm sitting there on a planet. And somebody's yelling in my face or saying something or wrote something about me. That is crazy. 
And look at this, then, then, then just to help you out, because it'll help you out right now. Then you go, look at the ego get hurt by this. Look at the ego be pissed off and want to take advantage and, and fight back from this. Then you can, so it, when you're at that spot and you go, look at this person's yelling or this email or whatever it is, then you go, I'm okay, but look at this little guy inside me so pissed off about this right now. And that's how you can start that separation because you're not going to be at a spot yet where it just is, isn't saying anything. It's going to say something when that happens. Somebody writes something about you, you see your name in the paper, you're going to see it, you're going to feel it. But really who gets upset about it is not you really in there, is it? It's this this concept, this ego, the lower self that starts getting really fired up. And then it starts creating plans as to how to get back at them and how this is okay. And how, and why this is, and then it starts going, then it'll maybe tell you, well, maybe you should just surrender, Amanda. Yeah. That's really freaking smart. Just surrender. Right. Like it'll do all that type of stuff. So remember when, when you start to feel that, that step can be, I'm okay in this moment. But this little thing is not, or my roommate is not okay with this. And that's hilarious. That's that bifurcation. And the more you work on that, the further and further and further away, and it no longer can, at some point, it'll no longer pull you into it. That pull where, where you read something and all of a sudden you're glued because somebody said something about you, and it feels like this pull to pull you down into the lower self starts to lessen. It'll become weaker and weaker and weaker until it just becomes like a little drop of water in a pond. It's no longer a big tornado that comes through there. It's just a little drop. That's it. So work on these things. The most important thing you can do, I promise you, is just watch. If you become aware of all of this, I don't, you can, you'll get many techniques. You'll have many people that help you along your path. There'll be many people that teach you wonderful things. It's just, if you always aim your sights high and always pay attention to what the process is unfolding, it'll take you the rest of the way. It's 95% of it. That's it. It's 95% of it. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us. Project U uh, has been, in the past, right, Hallie, the last, what, four, four years? years? Four years has been a wonderful uh, transformational experience for high achievers, leaders, in kind of four categories of your life, right? Health, physical health, right? Spirituality, um, wealth, not just in terms of finances, but what, is, uh, what does wealth actually mean and how do you, you know, all that. And finances, of course, yeah, but, net like, worth, just, but yeah, all finances, that stuff. But also, like, what is the, what is money actually is? Like, yep. it means nothing, but means everything, right? It's like one of those. How do you right. answer that, right? And then, you know, leadership, right? In terms of leading yourself first, leadership is not about leading others; it's about first leading yourself and then others. Um, but we have, and we're really excited for, based on feedback that we've gotten from our community, we are going to be doing uh, Project You Unbound. Um, and you want to say Unbounded? Yes. This is, maybe this, title to be determined, but be, it's going to be Project You Unbound, unbounded. or maybe you just let us know what you think, right? Yeah. Project You Unbounded or Unbound. Right? Unbounded probably goes a little better. Yes. And the uh, it's going to change a little bit, and it's basically going to be a uh, journey inward. It's going to be um, similar to Project You Spirituality session, um, and it's going to be a year long about again spirituality, inner inner growth, the mind, the wandering mind. The, you know, what is the cause of suffering? How do I deal with this in everyday life? How do I get through these stages of spiritual growth? Really kind of laying the framework um, 
for how uh, somebody can stay on this path and continue to aim high. And that's the goal is that the spiritual journey, if you're really on this, this personal growth journey is very challenging. And it's also very, um, you need to be reminded by it constantly. Uh, and that's what we're hearing from it. So uh, the next year, if you're interested in 2023, we're going to start that in June of 2023. Uh, Project You Unbounded will go for an entire year and it'll be that that spirituality uh, entire session. If you're interested, you can always go to adamhergenrother.com and check out Project You there uh, or just send us an email. We'd love to get you in there. And I, you know, I just want to mention that mention if you're still interested in the original Project You where we do go more into health and um, fitness and wealth building and those types of um, topics, there will be a, uh, an original Project You also offered next year, but um, Adam and I will be working on the Project You Unbounded. Excited.